Good morning and welcome to the Value Through Vulnerability podcast this morning. This is your host, Gary Turner. Um, we're recording some self-care podcasts as the week commencing the 12th of November is self-care week. And I'm really grateful to welcome Gethin Naden onto the podcast this morning. Hi, Gethin. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. Not too bad at all. Fantastic. Well, look, thanks for joining me this morning. I really, really appreciate that. Um, just before we get going, would you mind giving a brief introduction to you know who you are, um, who you're working for, and what you're passionate about, Gethin? That'd be really appreciated. Okay, yeah. So uh, my name is Gethin Nadin, and um, so I've worked in kind of employee engagement, employee experience, employee benefits for kind of 15 plus years now um, across a couple of different startups and a few uh, FTSE 250 organisations. Um, so effectively, been advising companies globally for yeah for almost the best part of 20 years now around developing the employee experience, improving employee engagement, etc. Um, also did um, uh, the book, A World of Good, um, just under a year ago. Um, that's a heavy focus on kind of uh, well-being and developing the employee experience from an employer's perspective for the benefit of employees. Um, and uh, now currently um, Director of Employee Wellbeing at Benefix, an employee experience technology business, and we try and help organizations improve the employee experience uh, by using technology. Um, so a big focus um, in the new role for me to uh, improve our clients' employees' well-being in particular. So really, really interested in, in self-care and, and how actually we can all learn from each other to improve uh, the, uh, our lives and, and reduce that strain. That's obviously so many people are feeling at the moment. Oh, fantastic. Well, no, th- thanks for that intro. Um, just out of interest, before, before we um, ca- carry on, how's the book going? Um, it is a book, as I, I think I mentioned to you before, in my huge pile of books. I do have one. I promise you I will get to it. <laughs> How's it going down so far? Um, remarkably well. I, I couldn't have predicted how well it would have done. Um, it's a self-published book. It was, you know, I, I basically had a bit of anxiety around work and just needed something to focus on outside of work, I think. Um, and so I decided to start putting some thoughts down. I'd written a few LinkedIn posts. I got quite a number of views. So started to compile those and basically a book formed. Um, and uh, yeah, it was released almost a year to the day, I think a year next week. Um, and uh, very quickly went on to the Amazon HR bestseller list, which was pretty remarkable. Um, and since that day, it's, I think it's sold um, an average of about 10 copies a day. So wow. well into the thousands. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, there's a lot of surprising things on the back of it. You know, organizations have told me they've changed policies on the back of the learnings and King's College London have uh, instigated some significant new research projects based on some content in the book. So it's, it's, I could not have predicted how well it would have done. Um, I think it's, there's a lot of very nice people in our industry who have uh, been really supportive and uh, talking about the book and shared the book. And uh, yeah, not least of all my employer, um, Belifex. But I think it's, um, yeah, I just, uh, I, I guess to a certain extent, I probably got on quite early onto the ground floor of employee experiences who started talking about it. Um, I think ultimately there's just uh, there's a lot of good supportive people in the industry have spread the word and uh, yeah it's been a pretty good year actually I think uh, 2018 will stand out as a good year in my career and my personal life I think for, for the, the impact the book has had. Fantastic well congratulations with that and that, that leads us nicely in towards so one of the things I wanted to ask you today was what would you define for you as Gethin what does self-care mean to you if you're going to write a definition for somebody else? Yeah, so that's a good question. I think um, I read a quote or a story once that I think really summed it up for me. And it was about um, 
it was using the analogy of when you get on an airline, you know, you kind of, you're advised to put your own mask on first, your own oxygen mask. So the advice is kind of attend to yourself before you attend to others. Um, and obviously part of that um, thinking is that you can't help other people and you're not really in a physical state to help other people unless you kind of make sure yourself, you know, you're safe yourself and you've got the oxygen and whatever you, whatever else you need is. And I think it's a great analogy for, for how people um, manage modern life. You know, if, if you're stressed, if you're not coping with life, if you've got things on your mind, if you're not sleeping well, um, if your health is deteriorating, you're just not in a position to help other people. Um, so I think, um, you know, self-care from a family point of view, from a work point of view, um, being a good friend, being a parent, being a brother, sister, um, partner, whatever it might be, I think in order to help other people and help other people live their lives effectively, you've got to look after yourself. Um, and I think it's most people, when you look at how they actually live their lives, sorting themselves out is actually quite low down the list. You know, especially if you've got kids and you've got a husband or wife or partner, there's a there's an order in which you satisfy things and it's basically to kind of put lots of other people before yourself. And, um, and I think self-care is about being a little bit more selfish, but realizing that actually you do need to look after yourself. And you know, I, don't, I don't think it's ever been more important than it is in 2018 um, to, to look after your own health, um, just to make sure that you can actually function effectively in society, really. Oh, that, that, that's so powerful. I mean, I love you've used that analogy there as well. So th- thanks, thanks for doing that. I think it's interesting, isn't it? You, you talk about, you know, I think, I think a lot of us do feel guilty, don't we, sometimes if we're putting ourselves before others. And I just want, I wonder where yeah, that absolutely. Comes, I'm not sure where that quite comes from. I don't know, without maybe going too deep on it today, but do, do, is there any sort of feelings you have around why, why we've got this sort of guilt complex around putting ourselves first? It's interesting. I remember um, in school, I used to be really involved in things like school pantomimes, and you know, I was I was in them, and I was painting the sets, and I stage managed a couple of them. And and I remember my English teacher during my GCSE taking me to one side and saying, "Look, you've got to stop focusing much on things like the pantomime and focus more on your work." And um, and she and she said to me then, she said, "You know, she said if you um, if you don't focus on your own GCSEs and you fail, you've only let yourself down." If the production is not very good, you'll feel like you've let a lot of other people down. And that always stuck with me around. And I think that's, for me, why I do it, because it's, mm-hmm. it's easier to let myself down than it is to let other people down. Um, but in a work context, you know, um, in, in, in modern work, we are still fixated on, you know, regardless of how many people say they were flexible working and remote working, they're still fixated on time um, and that kind of traditional working day. And I think it's really, really difficult for people to get out of the mindset that we've lived with for 100 years or more, which includes I've got to come to work and work in a certain way and actually take in and time out the office to go for a walk or practice some mindfulness or just listen to music or read a book is still kind of going against what we've been taught our entire lives about how we should work. So um, I think that's why it's still more difficult because in the the bigger scheme of things, we're still in our infancy when we think about well-being at work. Oh, that's, that's so powerful. I think I'll be tapping you up for another podcast at some point, Gethin, because I think there's a lot more to explore here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, in terms of, it's a really nice segue, actually. So for you personally, in like, um, sort of reflecting what you just described, which are your self-care practices that you find the most valuable for you? What works and why? Um, so I think that the, the standout thing for me, which I've been doing for almost two years now, is mindfulness. Um, so uh, I've got the Calm app, which um, a lot of your listeners probably have got or heard of. Um, and pretty much every evening, just before you go to bed, 
I do a 10 minute meditation, you know, kind of lie on the bed with my eyes closed, um, just focusing on my breathing, try not to think of anything else. Um, and it's, it's quite an odd one because when I first started doing it, you kind of, you don't really see an impact. Um, and I would probably bet that most people who do it never really feel the impact, but you do feel the impact when you stop doing it. So when I've gone on holiday and things like that and my mindfulness has slipped and I haven't done it for about a week, I then start to feel a little bit more anxious about things than I ever did before. Um, and it's quite interesting. I think it takes, you, you get quite used to doing mindfulness um, and you kind of become a bit, uh, it just becomes part of your daily life. And it's only when you stop that you start to realize the benefits that it has. So for me, I think that just gives me kind of 10 minutes away from a screen, away from talking to somebody, away from thinking about something. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I find that hugely, hugely beneficial. Oh, fantastic. Is there, is, is there anything else outside of mindfulness that you do? Is there any sort of, are you pretty good yourself at getting, a, sort of extracting yourself from your screen during the day, uh, for example, uh, to make sure you get that sort of air time, as it were, fresh air time? Now, I, I think generally speaking, and despite, you know, when, when I wrote the book, that put huge amounts of research from well-being and you know, lots of psychological research in the book. And so despite all that, I'm still really bad at looking after my own well-being. Um, which again is probably quite indicative of most people. I know what I need to be doing, but I'm still not doing the things I need to do. So, you know, think about sleep. I, I still have a television on my bedroom. I still look at my phone just before I go to bed. <laughs> I always end up going to bed late and getting up early and don't have consistent sleep. Um, and it's, I don't know why I do it. I'd be really interested looking at, at some point into research as to why we just don't do the things that we know are good for us. Um, but I guess the, the one thing I've probably done in the last 12 months that I've actually had a really positive effect on well-being is got my finances in order. Um, as somebody that used to always worry about money, I'd worry if I got it or if I didn't have it. You know, I can still remember playing kind of cash machine lottery as a student and, uh, you know, going to cash converters and writing myself a check for £100 to cash on payday and things like that because, you know, when I kind of struggled for university like most people did, um, and it took me a long time to kind of shake that off. Um, and I think naturally, as you kind of get into your 30s, you probably just start to come, become a bit more financially independent. But making a concerted effort to actually make sure I didn't have any debt, um, get my savings in order, build a nest egg, and just gain a bit of confidence. And I think that's really, really helped me personally. Um, and obviously, there's huge amounts of research now that suggests uh, you know, money being one of the kind of two of the top three things that people lose sleep over. So for me, that had a really, really big effect just to give me that. Uh, confidence, I guess, about my own financial situation. No, brilliant. I've got to say, I, I, I'm with you in the, uh, the the sleep. I know I should get more sleep. The number of times, including last night, I went to bed at midnight and then I'd look at my phone before I went to sleep. It's crazy, isn't it, to some extent? <laughs> yeah, it's just that the, the way we live modern life is, you know, it's not conducive to what we know we need to be doing. Um, and uh, yeah, sleep is a big one. You know, I, I went to sleep about midnight last night. I tried. I went to bed actually about half nine, um, listened to a bit of music and by the time I kind of brushed my teeth and got my clothes ready for the morning, all that kind of stuff, and then just played on my phone, it actually ended up being about midnight before I went to sleep. Because um, I needed to be up at six o'clock this morning, um, I then got it into my head that I've got to get to sleep, got to get to sleep, got to get to sleep. And then obviously things just started going around in your mind. And So I didn't have a great amount of sleep last night. Um, and so that's, that's definitely something I need to work on. 
No, great. Well, I really appreciate your humility and the openness. It's really going to help other people get in for sure as they, as they listen this week to these podcasts. Just as a final um, question, if I may, if you were going to give one recommendation or one bit of advice, and I appreciate none of us are perfect, we'll just discuss that, but if there's something that you've learned or something that you've become aware of that you feel other people should really know about or you know, may, maybe try or just be more mindful of, what, what would it be for you if there was just one thing you could give, give us a, a, a recommendation or piece of advice? I think it's, you know, I, I could give advice around, you know, practicing mindfulness and sleeping better. And I think, but I think ultimately it's about different things affect different people. You know, there's plenty of people I know, um, who can operate on kind of five hours sleep and, and live quite happy lives. The people I know that go to the gym three times a week and that works for them. So I think it's about understanding and trying a few different things and finding what works for you. Um, but the best piece of advice is I think we just need to be stop, stop being so hard on ourselves. You know, if I take time out of the office and I go for a walk or if I'm working from home and I decide I need to get out of the flat or get out of the co-working space I go to and go for a walk, I still have this little niggling guilt in the back of me that I should be doing work. Um, yeah, you know, I'm trusted at work. I measured on output, not the hours put in or where I do that from. Um, yeah, I still can't shake that guilt off. So I think, there are plenty of other people who probably feel the same, especially those who remote work. And so I think it's you've got to give yourself a break and stop being so hard on yourself and actually understand that you can't work your best unless you are, um, unless you take uh, take care of yourself. So find out what it is that you need to do um, and do it, and uh, and you'll start to see the results and make it part of your life so that, you know, in, in 12 months' time, if you listen back to this podcast, you'd be actually just quite satisfied that, mindfulness or the gym or a walk or spending time outdoors in nature or whatever it is that you do for your, your own well-being and your own self-care is just becomes part of the routine um, and becomes entrenched uh, in your daily routine wonderful 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 sentiment thank you so much for that. that's i think that's a really powerful message just before you go would you mind if anyone wants to reach out to you you know maybe get a copy of the book or just have a conversation with you get in how how can people reach out to you what's the best mediums to, to access you yeah, so I'm pretty active on Twitter. So you can find me on Twitter at World of Good Book. Um, or you can also reach me via Benefex at Hello Benefex. Uh, also on LinkedIn. So it's LinkedIn forward slash Gethin Aiden, one word. Um, or yeah, I'm Gethin Aiden at Hello Benefex. And yeah, really interested in talking to people about well-being. Interested in talking to people about the, the work I'm doing at Benefex, the products we're creating to help well-being. And I'd be interested to get people's thoughts on, you know, whether we're in the head in the right direction. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, as part of this podcast, um, yeah, the uh, the first person that sends me a message on any of those mediums will send them a book for free to say thanks for listening. In. Oh, fantastic! Look, I really appreciate your time today, and uh, look forward to keeping in touch, Gethin. Have a great day. You too. Thanks very much. Thanks for the opportunity. Take care. All the best. Bye bye.